Recorded live. Welcome, talk to audience, and uh, praise the Lord. Uh, if you have anything to add, uh, go ahead and text it. My phone is on so that we can participate together. Any questions? So we're talking about the seasons that we're in. Now, in order to keep me from walking around and preaching, I'm going to sit for a minute. Uh, they call it wash bucket preaching. Well, if I'm not sitting, I'm going to be all over the place. And the Bible tells us, I'm in good company because the Bible says that Jesus went about to all the synagogues preaching and teaching. And so uh, I want to spend a little time teaching, so I'm going to mellow myself out so I'm not walking all around. And uh, we, we understand in the scriptures, it tells us in Matthew 25 about the talent. He said that in 25... Fifteen, he says, to one man he gave five talents, two talents, and to the other one, based on their ability, he went on his trip. Now, he's using this as an example. He doesn't give, you know, there might be some that got ten, some of but when the story is being told, a parable is not doctrine, a parable is to give an example of what the kingdom of God is like. And God passed out gifts, passed out abilities. And well, actually what it is is that you were born with these things on the inside. Before the foundation of the world, it was determined that you're gifting would be available for this time and this season. So are you with me? See, this is, this is one of the things I want to share with you. So let's go to the book of Ephesians. And, and I want to break, break some things down because, um, let's go to chapter 3, because we're living in a time in which what you do matters. Now, that's not going to work. Because um, I can't tell what things are. So what we've got to do is we need to understand something about what we're doing. Everything, I want you to understand something. Everything that you believe that you are to do, put on the, put on the, put on the, uh, put it away. Because I'm going to share some things that the Lord has been ministering. Because so many times we think, well, I'm fivefold ministry. Really? Oh, well, then why are you? What do you? Why do you exist? Why does the church exist? Because a lot of people go to churches because they go to church. I'm going to church for church day. And I'm going to say this again. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it one more time. There are things that I say, okay, you know, the Lord has opened the door for us to do A, B, and C. And so everybody goes, cool. And they sit down like they're a student at school, give me, give me. But the people that are called to lead these things don't get up and do it. Because my job, watch how I'm going to tell you what my job is. Because as a pastor... As a pastor, God has put upon me an apostolic anointing, the office of the apostle with the prophet. And you say, what, what, what does that mean? Well, an apostle is one that's sent out. To do what? That's a very simple description, a messenger. To do what? To work hand in hand with the prophet, to put administration in order to, a, to, to the church of Jesus Christ. Paul was an, a herald, was an evangelist, a teacher, an apostle. Why? Because he, had to, he went where there were no churches to establish a church. And then where there were churches, he had, to, he had to administrate the order of those churches. Now, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, if you're taking notes, it says that the strategies or the, the strategia, speaking the, the context there is the apostle, is the one who sets forth the strategies for the church. Now, does that mean that... that, that Churches all need only an apostle and strategies? No. Because God speaks to the church at large. 
God is always speaking. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That meant that the word never stopped proceeding from the mouth of God. It's not just what's in writing, although what's in writing becomes our foundation. I'm never one of those that say, oh, the Bible doesn't count for these days. You know, if you don't know the word, you have no power. A lot of people think, well, I know God. He'll see me through. Really? Then what is your anchor scripture? Because the word is what has the power to sustain. That word is supernatural. That word is what was sent and healed us. That word was the one that was made flesh and dwelt among us that died and was buried and was crucified and rose from the grave. And the Bible says that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And it will quicken, make alive your mortal body. Not just the mortal body, but everything that you are becomes alive and sensitive to what God wants. That's the miracle of the new birth. Many times, all we think is that God saved us and we're going to heaven. The Bible says that the that the heavens and the high heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to the sons of man. Many people say, God, why aren't you doing anything? And God is saying, I did. I sent my son Jesus and then put his, his spirit in the people down here, and they're not doing anything because they're saying, God, show up. And God's saying, I did. It's in you. The answer is in you. We are the manifestation of Jesus Christ on earth, the Holy Spirit helping us the way that he helped Jesus. Imagine when I see that the Holy Spirit was called the helper when it comes to you, is that God, one of the trinity of God, was left to help you. This is how much God values this house, this person, that he would move into you. Second Corinthians chapter 5 talks about how that God took this hut and made it fit for royalty. Christ lives in you, the hope of glory. Isn't that good news? You know what? I don't know what it does to you. When you begin to get introspective, you see what the Scripture says, that in me is no good thing. That's why we're not to go introspective. We are in the month in which Jews, before Rosh Hashanah, go introspect so that they understand how messed up they are, because that's the Old Covenant. How that without... Because a lot of times you can get into a place where there's self-righteousness, how that they need God. For the believer the introspection becomes God. Am I where I'm supposed to be? It's a difference because we're no longer looking at how bad we are. We're looking at how good God is in us. Amen? Because that's what supersedes what's in you. Remember the example I did when I took the muddy water in a glass and I, and, and, and I began to pour um, I began to pour clear water in that cup and after a while, the, the clear water, the, the muddy water became clear through what? what? What do we call that? That, that action? Displacement, isn't it? That's what the Word of God does in us, that it displaces what is not good in us. And what does he displace? What I used to be into who I am today in his eyes. Isn't that good news? I'm, sh- I'm sharing this so you understand. So Ephesians chapter 3. Now, do we have anything that's clear on the, on the different mountains? Okay, so um, we're going to talk about the different mountains because it's important to understand. How many have ever seen the, 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 the Matthew, the, the last chapter of Matthew when he says to go forth and make disciples of nations? And didn't he, he didn't say, he said nations. That were to affect the ethnicities of the world. He, and so how do we make disciples? You see, Jesus said at one point he's going to separate sheep and the goat. Did you know that our nation is in the crossroads between becoming a goat nation or a sheep nation? 
our nation. And why? The church is praying, but they're not doing anything about it. They're not influencing because God has gifted you to enter any of these church these mountains because there's a... I can't even tell you on here who the church mountain is, but, you know, there's the political realm here, and, and there's a, the, the media there, which is one of the most powerful gates that influence society. God has called us and gifted us to be trained out of the church mountain, to be trained to enter into those arenas. Can I tell you something? If we're not educated in the word first, in concert with being educated in the world, can I tell you something? I don't, uh, God sent me into the world to understand business and understand the, the strategies that will make business successful. Why? He put me there and then told me to come back to the church to implement what I've done there as a success and to do it here in the church. Church is not a business. No, but it is an organization. That's why Jesus said that he'd make you wise as a serpent, yet gentle as a dove. You, you follow what I'm saying? Turn to talking, because it's hot right here. And so what we need to understand is that, pardon me? If you find one. And so what happens is that we, we need to understand who we are because we have a small picture of making little disciples and bringing them into the little church. But Jesus said, we need to, can I tell you something? When David, King David, was a king, an anointed king, and when he was running from Saul, they ended up in a place called the Caves of Adullam. And all these people followed him, and out of that he had 400 men that were loyal and would do everything, everything and anything for David. Did you know that that's a picture of the kingdom of God and it's a picture of how we're to rule and reign? Can I tell you what's really hard to find in the church nowadays is loyalty. You know why? Because everybody's got a doctor and everybody's got a call. And they can disagree with their pastor, which is not. I don't care if you disagree with me. You know, I'm right anyway. What happens, I don't care if you disagree with me, but just, you know what, just talk to me. You know? But what happens is, what are you loyal to? You're loyal to Jesus Christ and loyal to the place that God put you in. Why? Because you're to function in this place to form one footprint, which is what this ministry is called to be. That's it. You've got several people with several different calls, several different personalities. Can I tell you something? They're not all going to get along. And when I was in the retail world, can I tell you something? People always say, well, you know what? You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends. You know that the church family is the same way? Because God takes, the Holy Spirit says he places everybody in the body as he will. So that means that, you know why? Because the differences of who we are make us one in who Christ wants us to be. And there's people who are called to the political mountain, and they go, man, this guy, I can't ever get a straight word out of him. You ask them one question, he tells you about the sky. Have you ever heard politicians? You have to really just get them to one you know, what are you going to do to change this world? Well, you know what? We're going to start off with education, then we're going to do this, and you know what? We're going to eliminate taxes, and you say, wait, 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 wait. Our own president said, I'm going to change the educational system. It's all by the state. You can't change them by counties. There's no way. They said, yay! Can't do it. He can suggest, but he can't do it, because our states are supposed to be autonomous within, within the federal makeup of who, this, who the United States is. The same way with churches. I can't control what the first church on the street does. But we can be who God called us to be. You know what it is to get, a, get along with these places? Do what you're doing and allow them to do what they're doing. If you're called to the first Baptist church, then be there and serve them with all of your heart. Well, they don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So what? Pray. God puts you there. I, I, know, I, know several, I know a few people that are in these kind of churches that don't believe in the move of the Holy Ghost, and they do. And God planted them there. And guess what? They're getting people within the church filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're loyal to the ministry, loyal to the pastor, loyal. Why? Because they're where they're called to be. 
he may not agree with what the pastor says because he says, oh, those things went and, and, and they left with the, with the Holy Ghost. They left with the last apostles. Okay, but see, someone knows different. He's there to pray and undergird that minister because of what the gifting that he has to offer in that ministry. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? This is why. Well, this is why what God has put together here, you know what? You're, someone's going to rub someone the wrong way. So what? Imagine when we get, when, when this thing, we start blowing the walls out of a building like this. There's going to be people that are going to be different. Always going to be people that are different. That see different things. That hear and like different kinds of music. Uh, are you hearing? There might be people that like Bill Gaither and all his style of music. Then there's other people who are just totally best. You know, they, they like that stuff. Then people say, no, I'm Kansas City, man. I, I, I like their, their style of worship. Oh, Hillsong. Hey, that's the one I like. I like OG Hillsong. I don't like the new Hillsong. Now, in here, we might have a mix of people that like all those different kinds of style of worship. Well, you come in and you still worship, but then you get in your car and put on what you like. You follow what I'm saying? God is going to bring the different expressions of who you are together in this place. Can I tell you something? I'm not the, I, I don't know everything in the Word. Maybe you know more than I do. Well, come on, let's sharpen swords. I'm, I'm always on the quest for more knowledge. I want to know more. Can I tell you that everyone, watch, everyone who's here needs to preach and teach the same vision that God has on this ministry? See, if God has called you to be and head your own ministry at some point, remain faithful because God will put you somewhere and he'll hook you up with faithful people just like you. But if you come in here and say, you know, pastor, just don't say it, this or that, and you cause strife, you know, can I tell you something? Anybody who talks against the vision of this ministry and you're, you're one of the ears, take them back to the first part as to why they first came. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not spanking you or telling you. I'm just teaching you because that teaching got lost in, in being ecumenical and getting along with everybody. But I'll tell you what, this vision, the vision of this ministry is to bring them in, grow them up, and send them out. I don't want to keep you if you belong out there. Do I need a good foundation and infrastructure for this ministry? Yes, I do, because we, got to do a lot. we want to do a lot of things. But I want to train our young people into the school on fire with a firm foundation of who they are, because when you get to university, I've seen it time and time again, they'll steal your faith. Because they'll see things out. Can I tell you something? We cannot sequester our kids. They've got to know what's out there. If we sequester our kids, they're going to go like, wow, they're going to be like Pinocchio in the big world. It's the truth. But we also have to be honest about how this world operates. See, if they have no vision, they'll lose it when they get out. This is why at the end of this month, like I said, we're putting together careers, the call, careers, and Christ. Because they've got to know. They've got to be free to pursue what God has put in them to pursue. You know that if I don't... Teachers in the teaching profession, man, if they're not born again, they're going to feed them all kinds of philosophies. It doesn't belong to God. You know that you can pray in school. You just couldn't pray the state, state prayer. But everybody says, oh, you can't pray in school. Yes, you can. You just can't pray the state prayer. A lot of students meeting at the pool and praying every day before school starts. Can you do that? Yes. We taught our kids to be afraid of the man. Big government. We can't teach them to be afraid of these things. Because, see, we're a nation within a nation. If they don't understand that, then they'll never have an identity to anything. They'll join their chariot to whatever offers them identity. 
Our young people need to know that Christianity is not just a bunch of rules and regulations. That the grace of God frees them to be. If they want to, you know, we don't tell them, well, I want to be an actor and go to Hollywood. Oh, that's satanic. Don't go in there. No. Teach them to go into Babylon like Daniel. Moses grew up in, 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 in Egypt. Do you understand? And Daniel raised up a gang of young people, three of the most famous, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that would administrate the kingdom. Because of his influence to the king, they let him administrate, and his word became his word. Joseph is another one. He was in his 30s when he became the prime minister of Egypt. And what was he instrumental in doing? Helping God's people during a time of famine. But see, we say, oh, stay out of politics. Stay out of education. Stay out of this. Let's do our own. You know what? I do want to set up a school in our ministry. And the reason I want to set up a school is because there will be a place where they can come and not only be educated. I want the best teachers. I don't want teachers. I don't want them coming out dumb and not knowing their, 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 their roots. You know how many people you ask about history? They know nothing. Why? That's why the government can tell them, well, just follow us. We'll let you know everything you need to know. That's the type of government we have. And now we're in a crisis in our education where nations, third world nations, have higher scores and know more than our students here in, this, in, in the United States. That ought not to be. In, in ranking of nations, we were number 50. The, the students graduating out of India had a higher grade point average and knew more in the sciences than, than, than our, uh, in our technical and sciences than our students here in America. Because we're always looking for the easy way out in this country. And we've taught that everything comes easy, but not when you have to attach labor to something, it's anathema. So the work ethic has gone down the tubes because we give them everything they need. Are you understanding what, 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 I'm, what I'm speaking about? You know, the principles of faith are the things that we need to teach our young people. Why do we need to teach them the principles of faith? Because they need to know that God's word is the final authority in their life. Many of us don't believe God's word is final authority, so we try plan A, B, and C, and D because we don't feed ourselves God's word. Because people have a generic understanding that God won't let you down. But the word of God says that it's his word. What is it that we have to attach ourselves to? If we believe the things that we say, we can have what we seek to. So when we speak to that mountain, we know in our heart that mountain will move. Do you believe God's word with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? Do you give yourself to that word and don't, and don't relent? If God's word says you, you, you are right on the mountains, if God's word says that all your needs are met according to his riches and glory, if God's word says that by his stripes you're healed, do we hang on with everything that we are and believe that? I'm not saying don't go to doctors. If they want for doctors, God's people will be dead because doctors are on your side. Because they want what God wants, which is have you well. Amen? Now watch this. For this reason, chapter 3, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Messiah, Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard the responsibility of administrating God's grace that was given to me on your behalf. Everyone say administering God's grace. Now, you know what that means, administer? It's like, you know how that, how many of you have ever given medicine to a little kid? And you read the directions on it, and it says, for people 12 and over, take Four tablespoons. Children up to 12 years old, two tablespoons. And children under two, see a doctor, but between two and five, give them a tiny... And you know what? What do you do? You administer the dosages and give them to them according to, uh, 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 according as they're able. Am I right? And so that's what we're doing. We're administrating those things. Now watch this. So this is why I said administering God's grace. 
that was given to me on behalf of, uh, given to me on your behalf. Now, what is that saying? Paul is administering the grace. You know, a lot of people hear grace and say, "Woo, I can go do anything I want." You know, in America, we have a we have a fault. You know what the fault is? You know what I used to tell people? People used to, when we were stupid kids in seventh grade or, or, or younger. We we all knew the First Amendment right, right? What was it? What was the First Amendment? Huh? Say it again. Freedom of speech. Well, we'd have a neighbor say, "You boys are too loud. Shut up." We have a right. We have freedom of speech. We can say whatever we want, right? And we get all mouthy, right? Now, it was true that we have freedom of speech, but we didn't have the right to be disrespectful, did we? Did you know that grace has to be administered the same way, not to restrict, but but to set you free? in a way in which you can profit with grace. I can tell that one went over real good because people say, it's grace. I'm going to go to strip clubs tonight and I know that God's not going to condemn me. Now, I use something very extreme so that you understand what I'm saying. But there, there, you know, there are people that believe that they have their every right. Now, if God's called you in there to free people and get them out of there, then that's, that's your prerogative. God is telling you to free them and you look at them as a dad more than an object, and you sit in there and you get them out of the place where they're at. Simple. Very immoral place. And Paul, was, Paul got in there and helped administer the grace of God. And did you know that that church grew and was the largest group of, of, of powerful believers in the, in the book of, of, uh, of Revelation? It tells us that that church did many great things. And it got so good that they began to administrate out the presence of God. How many know that we can get so good at administration that God sits on the outside knocking at the door wanting to come in? He said, you left your first love, and because of that, you're going to lose your candlestick. In other words, your place will be removed. And in history, they never recovered. And now that place is given over to, to uh, Eastern religions and, 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 uh, uh, and the religion of Islam. They did not survive. Now, now, it says, and how this secret was made known to me through a revelation, just as I wrote about briefly in the past. By reading this, you'll be able to grasp my understanding of the mysteries or the secret of the Messiah, which in previous generations was not made known to human beings as it has been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This secret, what's the secret that was revealed? This mystery the Bible talks about. It says that in previous it was not made known. The Gentiles are heirs in common, members in common of the body, and common participants in what was promised by the Messiah Jesus through the gospel. What was the mystery? that it's not going to be just for the Jews, but that the Gentiles get to come in to that which was set apart only for the Jews, that they come in to hold in common what the Jews have. Isn't that amazing? Everything that was promised to the, Jewish, to the, to the Jews that followed Christ, that followed God, is yours. That's why you can go back to the Old Testament and claim promises that were for them. That's why Paul says, and all the promises of, of God are yes and amen. Isn't that amazing? You've got to know the Word so that you can know what to apply. On talk show, we're having a school of the Bible and we've been teaching faith. The faith better than a lot of adults who grew up with a general concept because we're breaking it down as to what it means to operate in faith with God. To know that what the words that are spoken are powerful because it's God's Word that releases because the Bible said that we that we could be like God, who called things which be not as though they were. What, what are those things? Oh, you mean you can go around saying three B? No. Nope. Those things that God called. 
You understand? God has to say it first for you to be able to take that word and use it. So a lot of people got a hold of that and abused it and said, okay, uh, I want three apple trees. Apple trees, B. Oh, come on. If God doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. People got a little bit nutso when it came to this. It's those things that God said, and Abraham operated on the things that God had told him. Are you with me? So we can't get crazy about, we have to stay within the scriptures. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But many people exercise a general faith in that which is general. You will never get specific results if you don't. Well, I know God's going to take care of me. Well, why do you have to hit the skids before God takes care of you? You've got to know what his word. He says that, riches and, that honor and riches shall abide in your house. So what does that mean? I'm going to be saying that every day, that, that honor and riches abide in my house. The Bible says that the generation of the upright shall be mighty in this land. Well, you're not, you're, you're not upright. Yes, I am. I have been made the uprightness of God, which means the righteousness of God in Christ. So I put my faith in that. Psalm 5, verse 12 says that the righteous are surrounded with favors with a shield. Guess what? Because I have that in common with, with, my, with my fellow brethren, the Jews, I now can claim that scripture because I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So because of that, favor surrounds me with a shield. And I can stand on that scripture and not even flinch because I've been made righteous by the acts of Jesus Christ. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You need his word to base your faith. The, um, something general, you've got to know what his word says. And so here we're reading this, watch, understanding this, that the, that, that the, that the revelation knowledge comes through what? The apostles and the prophets. You know that's the same thing true. It's the seasons that God begins to invoke and to speak about. Can I tell you something? That we need to begin to focus on the intent of our lives, not on history. We need to begin to focus on the intent of our lives. Do me a favor, Xavier, can you move over to that? Because they're blocking some people here that I need to see. Thank you. The intents, we need to focus on the intents, not on the circumstances. Because if all you do is eyeball your circumstances, you'll never go into that which is intended because we need to live from the future to the present, not from the past to the future. I have become, verse 7, a servant of this gospel according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. Now watch what it says. The gift of God's grace was given to him by the working of his power. To me, the very least of the saints, a grace was given that I might proclaim to the Gentiles the immeasurable wealth of the Messiah and help everyone see how this secret or this mystery has been at work, hidden by ages by God who created all things. He did this, why? So that now, watch this, through the church. How? Everyone say through the church. Say through the church, watch this. What is going to be? The wisdom of God in all its variety might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Watch this. In keeping with the eternal purpose that God carried out through the Messiah, Jesus, our Lord. Now watch this. The purposes of God are eternal. Amen? And he is revealing them to his church to manifest to all authorities and rulers of this world as well as those in heaven and those in earth. Why? God's will be done in earth as it is where? In heaven, thy kingdom come. How is this will to be known? Through the manifestation of his kingdom on earth. Amen? We've got to know this because we're not here, watch, we're not here to manifest the caves of Agilom. We are here to manifest the kingdom that David took from the caves of Agilom into his kingdom 
And now we are living the manifestation of the kingdom of David through Solomon. Now, what, you know what was promised to Jesus? Well, you know what his inheritance was? The nation. That's his inheritance. You know what your inheritance is? The same as the nation. We're thinking too small when we think prosper me, God. Way too small. Prosperous in the kingdom. Did you know that in Solomon's kingdom there's so much silver that it was all laid out in the street? Did you know that in the second chapter of the book of Acts, after they said that we get we, we hang out with God according to his what? And what does it say in Acts two forty two? Around the doctrine, around fellowship, around breaking of bread and prayer. Those are the foundations of the church. At the end of that chapter, it says that there was no one in that realm that was in need because everybody had brought everything to the, the apostles at their feet and they would distribute it. Now watch this. Those that brought properties got more properties back. Could you imagine? Well, you understand what the Greek word says, that there was an endless supply because they were under the right figure of what God was doing in that season in the midst of immense persecution of the church. So don't tell me that because the nation's in recession, you can't do anything. Because you get under the right ticket for the right season, God will manifest his grace to see you through, even in abundance, in the most difficult time. Are you, are you catching what I'm saying? But you've got to come under this place where, you, where his kingdom becomes more important because before, there was a manifestation of knowledge, knowledge, and the churches grew. We became synagogues. You know what synagogues are? Where, the, where it comes in and nothing goes out. We began to understand and learn what God, who God was and what he was in our life. So from the synagogue, it was for the people. It was very inclusive. It's just them. Exclusive, excuse me. It was just them. When the preaching of the gospel came, it became an inclusion to which all the Gentiles were allowed to come in. Now, we begin to see the arts and entertainment here, business world, the educational world, family, government. What is it? And religion and media. Now these are the seven centers of influence that influence the whole world. We're to be we're to grow in Christ and invade into these places. But see, we don't we don't just send someone into the world all by themselves. The Church of Jesus Christ needs to support and we can't say, Oh, listen, this isn't so gracious that God has brought us to that. To go into the arts and entertainment. Let's bless them. Go. And then when it gets caught up with the devil, that's what it says. I knew that would happen. I knew that he would fall. I, you know, and, and no one, let's go try to restore him. No, he should have been on his own. He should not have been on his own. Did you know that the prodigal son went out and he squandered all the money? You know why he squandered it? Because he didn't have someone to go with him from the compound to help him make right decisions. You know who should have gone with him? The older brother. See, one was the father, one was as his son. And one left. When he came back, the father restored him, and the other one said, "Man, how come uh, you know how come you kill the baby cow for the fat cow, fat cow for him, and you don't do it for me?" He said, "Everything I have here is yours." Did you know that what he gave him back to restore him was already his? So that because he received a portion of his inheritance, didn't mean that he was he wasn't do anything else again. He came back from where the inheritance came from. Just because you've made mistakes in your past and things have been blown up in you. It doesn't mean you can't go back to the Father and you can replenish everything that you have lost. Are you serious? Are you, you looking at this to me? Because a lot of times we think, I don't have my chance left. Uh, you know, it's a different season. No, this season is your season, but there's got to be a reformation of the way we think. Now watch this. 
you'll be able to understand, along with all the saints, how wide, long, high, and deep. What, what is it? You'll be able to understand what? His love. This is why you will know the love of the Messiah, which transcends knowledge, and will be filled with all the fullness of God. Can I tell you something? You can be filled with all the fullness of God. Everyone says, Pastor, but you don't preach the whole counsel of God. I'm not called to preach the whole counsel of God. I'm to preach what God has called this ministry to do. That's why I don't claim to know it all. But what I do know is what you need to be, who God called you to be, in this ministry so that you can go out and be an effective witness. Now, I'm not going to keep you ignorant. I'm going to share with you a lot more. But can I tell you something? In church, you know what church is for? To receive orders from headquarters for the season and for the time that they're in. You want more? Tune in to you, and we'll, you know, and we'll teach you. Because, see, everybody wants school of the Bible, but if you can't show up to you for an hour, I'm not going to have a, a Bible school here, and then everybody turn around and say, well, you know, I'm paying for the building, and only three people show up. I've got a tax market going on, and I'm going to see, you know who's showing up? Young people are showing up. Pastor Robert's showing up. We're, you know, we're, we're, and, and I'm not condemning you for not showing up, but I'm telling you that we're having school of the Bible. It's kind of like, you know, I'm opening it up. Pastor George, we were gonna, before that other building changed all their policies, we were going to rent a small conference room to attend to have, start having prayer meetings in those places. Because sometimes having a physical place is important. So watch this. You'll be able to understand what all the things are. Now, to the one who can infinitely do more than we can all ask or imagine. Isn't that amazing? To the one who can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that works among us or in us, to him the glory in the church and the Messiah of Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Now watch this. Who has he chosen to manifest the wisdom of God? The church. A lot of people turn around and say this. I'm the church. No, you're not. You're the body of Christ. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, but you're not the church by yourself. Collectively, you're the church. Because there's an air going around in in, in, in Christendom, where people turn around and say, well, I'm the church. I don't need to go to church. I'm the church. No, you're not. Individually, you might be a temple of the Holy Ghost, but when you send out one for the assembly of the Ecclesia. Don't, aim, aim, don't, don't shut me down, because I'm saying it too right now. Because a lot of people turn around and say they want to be independent. And can I tell you why we want to be independent? Because we're born in a country that's free who rebels against anybody putting them in one place. I don't get along with churches full of hypocrites. Come on, man. The biggest one is you. Can I tell you what? Everyone in here is imperfect. Raise your hand if you're completely perfect. You know, you raise your hand, you're a liar. Because we're not perfect. So if you come into church, everybody's imperfect. You know, I tell Brother So-and-so, you smell like bad whiskey. You smell like fried chicken. What am I going to do? You know what? I, you know what? It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. They're here to receive orders from headquarters. God's doing the work in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people want to want something to judge someone for, and we're not about that. We're about supporting one another, right, and holding each other up. Are you with me? Now, what's this? We're going we're gonna to go through Ephesians chapter 4 a little bit, and I'm going to show you something about what we're about. How many know why we're here? I like how it starts out. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live in a way that is worthy of the call which you have been called. In other words, you're called, and one of these says the profession that you've been called. Some people are called to live to be teachers. You know that not everybody, this might be a shock to a lot of people in church, but not everybody's called to work in the church. Not, you know, not everybody's called to work in the church, but everyone is called to go to church. Why? Because that's where you get your orders from headquarters. I hear God on my own. Yeah, but you want to do what you need to hear to see yourself through next week. Now watch this. 
demonstrating all, everyone take all expressions. All expressions of humility, gentleness, patience, accepting one another in love. Now watch this. That word in the Greek of all expressions, it means all expressions of humility, all expressions of gentleness, which means self-control, all expressions of patience, all, all expressions of accepting one another in love. Did you know that every single one of you has another manifestation of humility that's not like mine? Why? Because my expression of humility is based upon my motive gift. One of the motive gifts I have, because I'm a pastor and, and, and apostle, is that of mercy. Some of you have a prophetic edge on you, and, and part of the prophetic edge means that you see things only in black and white, and, and it depends, and what happens is that your expression of humility is different from mine. We're all different. And so some people think humility means quiet and let get yourself be kept on. No, humility means that you're fully dependent on God, and everybody has the expression of being fully dependent on God. Different. Okay? That's what humility is, being fully dependent on God, not letting people roll on you and step on you. And then self-control. Some people have self-control knocked down to the T, but it just means that they're disciplined. It doesn't mean that they're doing it in faith. Some people are just mild anyway. So it seems like you're self-controlled, but this is talking about acts of faith. You, you understand? So the expressions are different. See, somebody, can I tell you something? I, what's crazy is if you give me a Snickers bar, I'll eat the whole thing. But there's people who take a bite and say, okay, wrap it up and put it away. Or maybe you just throw it away. I mean, that's a discipline. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and, and, and there's just people with different types of discipline. See, some people, you know, they can handle just one. That's okay. Get a bag of M&M's, eat three of them, put it away for next time. Get a bag of M&M's, uh, you know, a $1 bag of M&M's, last you for a month. Yeah. yeah you know what? You can, you can put 25, you can put 35 uh, uh, Starbursts in a bowl. And then people clean it out one day. You know? And, and we don't know. And, and see, a bag of chips, that's it. But it all depends. Everybody has manifestations. Everyone has different manifestations of self-control. You understand what I'm saying? Now, so he says, do your best to maintain unity of the spirit by the bond of peace. Why? In all the different expressions, we do our best to maintain unity. How do you maintain unity? Can I tell you something? If I know that if I talk to someone, I'm going to argue with them, I stay away and send someone else. Like today, I wish I had someone else. No, I'm kidding. Pastor <laughs> goes both wish we had someone else. But anyway. No, you know what? You know, sometimes you just want to trust someone. And you think, no, I can't do that. So I still have to come back and deal with it. Watch this. There is one body, one spirit. Likewise, you're all called to one hope and one call. The Lord is, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. The, the, the book of Corinthians tells us there's many expressions of the same, of the, of the different gifting that we have. There's different, different not everybody ministers like I do. I admire many ministers, but I can't do it. If I try to be there, I got to be home called to be. And, and the thing is, I got to restrict, I've got to restrict the, The wanting to be liked by everyone. I don't want to. If you if you're called here, then you're called to receive the way I I administer the world. But sometimes there's people that don't want to receive, and if I try to bend myself to call them, then I'll lose everybody else. 
that's why I, don't, I no longer make apologies for who I am. And God is developing me more and more. You understand? The more, the more I teach and preach, God will develop me. Now watch this. And the Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in all. Now to each one of us, grace has been given in proportion to the measure of the Messiah's gift. Everybody's been given a gifting in proportion to your ability to handle the gift. That means that you can grow. That's the good news. You can't say, well, that's just who I am. No, you grow. You're being changed into his image from glory to glory, from faith to faith. It's called spiritual movement. Can I tell you something? I'm not exhibiting Jesus. I'm exhibiting Jesus better now than I was when I was just born again. Because the Bible says that the knowledge that my faith and my expressions change through the knowledge of the promises of God, because it's through these promises that what do we do? We participate in the divine nature. So the more I give over to those expressions, the more I begin to be in his nature. Now watch this. Verse 11. And it is he who, who gifted some to be apostles, others prophets, others evangelists, and still others pastors and teachers. Why do we exist as to do this? So we equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of the Messiah. Now, I want to camp out like this. Because if you want to teach just because you say you're a teacher, no. The teacher has to get involved because they have to build up the body. You can't just teach and say, oh, well, look, it's up to them now. No. The teacher, the teacher is multiplying himself into those that hear. In other words, no matter what you do as a disciple, you have to disciple people. You're involved in their lives to help them be what they're supposed to be. Now, those who are disciples, that are, those that were of Paul, because there were apostles under Paul, had to submit to the order that he set forth for those that were under him. Those who were under Apollos did it the way Apollos said it, through his manifestation. Those that, you understand, there were also female apostles. Could you imagine that? Our Baptist brethren believe women can't have these offices, but they apparently God did because there were women apostles in the scripture. And so what we need to understand right now is that isn't it something? Why don't we aim at freedom of being who we're supposed to be? And if God corrects you, he'll pull you back. Instead of saying no to anything. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's people saying no to everything. Well, you know. Listen, if you call that's it. Let me give you what the most common complaint in our church, because we're a small church. You're the core. Well, you guys are here are the core. Well, that's what that's what we're looking because people are fair weather believers. Oh, we're going to get stuff the week get going. You understand what I'm saying? That's just, you know. And, and those of them that are the poor are still with us. And, and again, I'm not putting, when they come back, I'm going to welcome them like anything else. No, we worked so hard to get this building. I mean, yes, we did. <laughs> now, what's this? And, 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 and listen, listen. We're the disciple people. We just can't teach them and drop them. We teach them and make sure that they keep what's being taught. I tell you, if you're like Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus can preach and talk and finds a wonder follow. So you just don't have a seminar and talk. You got to do exactly what the way Jesus taught. Jesus had a prophetic ministry. He prophesied and then walked in the prophecy that he was setting forth. That prophecy told me. The biggest thing that a person in his ministry is that some people say, well, I want to motivate people, but every time I have something, when three people show up. So what? Get those three people and multiply them. They're sheep. Those are the fertile ones. They want to do something with you. 
They want that, they want part of that to grow too. Did we get shook up about that? When I first started youth ministry, I had like six. And their parents forced them to go. You understand what I'm saying? But then we grew to like almost 200, and I had a four of about 175. We had over 250 kids. So we started with, I don't know, 13 kids, when it was just me and a guitar player. And on Wednesday night, and it grew and grew and grew and grew. Why? Because you know what? I treated those 13 like I was treating 100. And I was excited every time we got together. And God taught me a lot of things because he took me out of shyness. took me out of my own bondage, being open with kids. Because kids don't judge. You understand what I'm saying? Kids don't judge. They have a blast with you. You make a mistake and they laugh with you. Don't forget, you make a mistake and don't get up and walk out the door and never see them again. Oh, God, and this place? No, he's just not with you. What? No, I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing. Are you understand? Yeah, that's the thing God's fixing in me. I, 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 sense of humor is a little off, but watch it. Oh, God. So how long do we do this? Manifest the, the wisdom of God until all of us are united in the faith and the full knowledge of the Son of God, until we attain mature adulthood and until the full stature of the development of the Messiah. So that means, can I tell you something? We're going to the long haul, huh, church? So I'm not going to give up. But can I tell you, if you're an evangelist, you're teaching others to evangelize. You're not just an evangelist. You're teaching others to evangelize with you. Why? Because you're duplicating yourself in another. That's what a teacher is. He's not just someone who teaches. See, now, if you want to be a Sunday school teacher and all you want to do is teach, well, then we'll do that. See, we've got to redefine that we're here to build up the body of Christ. You're not here just to teach. You've got to build up the body. An evangelist and a prophet build up the body. You just go, oh, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to, no, no, you go out there and you help make that word true along with the rest of the herd. Are you hearing me? We don't, we don't just, you don't just slap it and leave it. You're in to build up the body. Every single one of you know what we're doing? We're duplicating ourselves in you so that you can go out and build up the body. Wherever you work, build up the body. Wherever you go to school, build up the body. You gain new converts and build them up. But the Reformation, you know what that is? This is the Reformation. Getting back to this, because churches don't exist to make themselves big just because they're big. Did you know what? There's cities that have got 20,000 people. Okay, how have they affected the city? Has the murder rate gone down? Has the educational, are there more graduates coming out now? I'm just asking, because if we're going to affect this world, we're going to affect that educational amount. Are we sending people in there to our high schoolers? Are there more people graduating? If you're in school and you're smart, you need to build someone else up. Duplicate yourself in them so they can be smart like you. Because you know what the smart kids in school, they create a clique and all the smart kids hang out. And then they snicker at the stupid ones, according to their view. I'm not saying that's not, according to their view. The ones that are not like them, they talk about. Why don't you take two or three of them and bring them into your into your into your grouping and list up their grade point average? Because that's why you're in school, not just to learn, but to affect that world with what you have. How about in the workplace, man? I work with a bunch of devils. Really, then get one delivered and make them make them just bring them up under your beside you. Because you know what? I work with devils too. I work with them. You know what? When you work retail, 
that's a family that you didn't ask for. I'm a manager of a new store, and, they, and I've got a – don't even get me there, man. I put in mega hours just to get the place straightened out, and they got a, and I got people there that just and – and because we live in the wonderful state of California, you just can't fire them for not doing the job. you got to catch them doing three things within 90 days, and they got to be the exact same thing. So now it behooves us because of the law to train them to be the best. Isn't that funny how the workplace is more like the body of Christ? But the body of Christ gives up on people because of the imperfections we see in them. And I learned in the workplace that people can change. All they need is some attention. You find out what their giftings are. Right? I know you did this great. And then I make then now their 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 self-esteem is up because now they're doing something and being effective in this family that we call uh, in retail area a store. You talk, God put me on on-the-job training for pastoring a church because I to help. And all of you that are fivefold, you find gifting and you pull the gifting out of them so that they can become the best them they are and build up the body of Christ the way you're building that person up. We're to build up the body. That's why we exist as a church, is to build up the body. The people that come here, we're not responsible for the church down the street. They build up the body the way they're building up the body. We build up the body the way we build up the body. Can I tell you something? Your heart does what it does because it's in concert with the rest of the body. If my breathing is cut short, my heart can beat all at once, but it's not how I have oxygen in its blood to carry through the whole body. So if that one over there is bringing oxygen and I'm pumping the blood, I'm going to let them do what they do because I'm receiving their oxygen so that my body can function correctly. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? If my lungs fill with fluid because another part of the body is not working, then guess what? You can pull all the you can put all the air in me you want, but it's not going to have the capacity to breathe because it's filling up with fluid because another part of the body is doing what it's supposed to do. Am I making sense? See, this is, that's why I say what we're called to do, we're called in the unity of being who God called us to be here in this body. So if you see something that needs to be done, don't complain about it. You're the answer. You have the anointing. You have the vision because you see it clearer than I do. Because my job, uh, and, and see what, the Bible says, that we are to no longer be like children. That's why we, we, we want to grow, to be no more like children who are tossed around and blown away by every, like, people's trickery. That's why when I send them to school, I don't want them to be blown away by the people's trickery. I want them to know their pain so much that when a philosopher says there's no such thing as Christianity, they can stand up and hold their own with philosophers of this world. I want them to be like Paul on Mars Hill. He may not have won a lot of converts, but he wasn't won over to their philosophy. This is why we take the examples of the scripture. Now watch this. Instead, we speak the truth in love, and we will grow up completely and become one with the head that is the one that is one with the Messiah. So guess what? You're not the head. Jesus is in charge. He gives us the instructions of what we need to do. You know that your body, your brain is issuing commands that are so fast that I forgot what the number is. It's just outrageous the, the amount of commands our brain is putting out all the time. You know that Jesus has issued those same kind of commands to the body of Christ? And, if, and if, watch how, watch when they,
Thank you for being with us. In the name of Jesus, we say those that have heard the word, may the word be multiplied, and may the word go forth in your heart, and may be blessed in every measure in Jesus' name. Amen.